stories, big guests, the big picture. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge. Weekdays 1230 to 3, 770 CHQR. Well, today was a day when the um, StatsCan jobless numbers were out. We get um, updated jobless numbers uh, each month. Today was a weird day. Kind of a concerning day. I mean, overall, it seems as though things are, are going in the right direction. At least if you look at where we were at a year ago or two years ago, nationally, the unemployment rate uh, still at 5.9%. That, that's relatively good. And even here in Alberta, there were some, some encouraging signs. StatsCan says in Alberta, large part-time declines were mostly offset by full-time increases. Over 12 months, employment rose by 46,000 or about 2%, entirely due to increases in full-time work. Over that period, employment in Alberta was down 1.7 points uh, to 7% even. I mean, 7% in an Alberta context is is still somewhat high. So we're not out of the woods just yet. And and employment numbers are one of these kind of lagging statistics that, sure, you'll see the GDP start to turn around. We're seeing economic growth. But to see those jobless numbers really go down, that, that takes a little bit longer. So we're going in the right direction. Right, because, I mean, we, it got bad. We were, we were up to double digits at the peak of all of this. So 7% unemployment, that, that's a step in the right direction. And it's, it's good to see that there are these increases in full-time work. Because I think part of you know, what we've been seeing over the last year and some of the jobless numbers that have seemed encouraging is that we're seeing a lot of part-time employment. So, so this is encouraging. What's also worth noting, though, and speaking of part-time employment... So Alberta saw uh, a decrease in part-time employment. In Ontario, there was a substantial decrease in part-time employment. StatsCan says employment in Ontario declined by 51,000 in January, entirely due to losses in part-time work. Entirely due to losses in part-time work. Guess what else happened in Ontario in January? Maybe this is a huge coincidence, but common sense might tell you otherwise. As of January 1st, Ontario's minimum wage jumped by over 20%, from 11.60 an hour to 14 an hour. Isn't it interesting that in the very same month when Ontario ushered in this steep increase in the minimum wage, part-time employment dropped substantially, 51,000 part-time jobs lost. When you look at the national picture as it pertains to young people, those aged 15 to 24, a drop nationally of 22,000 jobs for those in that category with some modest full-time gains being more than offset by part-time losses. So the question becomes on the minimum wage debate, how many more red flags are we prepared to ignore before we finally say, what are we doing? Now, there seems to be this mad dash, and I mean, it's, it's mad to varying degrees in various provinces, but everybody seems hell-bent on this arbitrary target of $15 an hour. It's interesting that we're talking about John Horgan, not somebody we'd think of as, as cautious and prudent. But uh, amid all the hubbub around the Trans Mountain Pipeline, John Horgan announced that uh, BC will be at $15 an hour, but not until June of 2021, so more than three years from now. Now, you got, you know, the B.C. Labor Federation and other groups that are upset about that. They want, they want it as quickly as possible. 
So interestingly, John Horgan, who seems like a fairly rash and reckless guy, is actually being relatively cautious on the minimum wage, at least compared to Rachel Notley and Kathleen Wynne. I mean, even though Alberta is going to get to $15 an hour first, Ontario is going at a much more torrid and reckless pace. So they went from 11.60 to 14 an hour last month. They'll go to $15 an hour on January 1st, 2019. Alberta's taken a few extra steps. We're going to be $15 an hour by this fall. Why 15 an hour? I don't know. I guess it's a nice round number. Right? I mean, the target itself is so arbitrary. And the the quicker we try to get there, the worse off potentially we're going to be. And these stats can numbers today should be a big red flag. The uh, recent report from the Conference Board of Canada that warned of 42,000 job losses in Ontario by the end of next year should be a red flag. The report from the TD Bank that warned Ontario could lose 90,000 jobs by 2020 should be a red flag. The C.D. Howe Institute warning that Alberta could lose 25,000 jobs should be a red flag. The other studies done in Canada should be red flags. The big study done in Seattle on the impact of minimum wage increases should also be a red flag. So yeah, the question is how many more of these red flags are we going to ignore on this mad dash toward $15 an hour? And what is so wrong with going slow? What is so wrong with slowing down the pace? What is so wrong with, dare I say, the approach that John Horgan is taking in BC? But the evidence is pretty clear. The quicker you try to do this and the higher your target, the bigger the negative consequences are going to be. And who suffers as a result of those negative consequences? The very people you're supposed to be trying to help. So if there are part-time jobs lost in Ontario or Alberta or wherever else because of this mad dash to $15 an hour, the people you're supposedly giving a raise to are the people who are suffering the consequences. So if the evidence tells us that more moderate increases over a more moderate timetable will negate many of those negative consequences, well, why wouldn't we do so? I mean, the only reason we're, we're going at this pace, it has nothing to do with the evidence. It has everything to do with ideology. Right? That's what it's about here. So there, there's... There's that, that bubble that a lot of people live in, and it's not exclusive to the left. I mean, a lot of people like to live in bubbles. People don't like to, to have to confront evidence that challenges their, their beliefs. But on this issue, that's exactly what they're doing. Because we've got all of these studies, all of the evidence, all of the warnings, and now potentially actual job losses that we can point to. And they don't want to hear any of it. They don't want to see any of that. I mean, at least in Seattle's case... The study that was done there was a study that was built in to the process. That, yeah, we're going to go to $15 an hour, but we're going to study the impact along the way. They're not doing that here in Alberta. They're not doing that in Ontario. Even in B.C., where they're going at a slower pace, they're not doing that either. Why not? Why not? What's the harm in saying, you know what? We thought that we were on the right track. We took a look at the evidence. We're going a little too fast here and it's having some negative consequences, we're going to slow this down a little bit. What's the harm in that? 
Because I tell you what, there's a real harm in what we're doing right now. That study in Seattle? The thing in Seattle and the concern in Seattle was the size of the jump. 11 to 13 per hour. There was an initial increase from 947 to 11. That they found didn't have as much of an impact. The second one did. The minimum wage ordinance lowered low-wage employees' earnings by an average of $125 a month. Think about that for a moment. Let's say a government brought in, we're going to bring in a new tax on low-income earners, $125 a month. That would seem outrageous, right? (laughs) Why would you punish the working poor that way? But yet that's the consequence of the minimum wage increase in Seattle that these researchers found. So, like I say... We've got ample evidence to suggest that we're moving too quickly. So why don't we want to hear it? Or at least why don't the people who are making the decisions and implementing the policy want to hear it? It's unfortunate. Anyway, 974-8255. When we come back, uh, we'll talk pensions. Not your pension or my pension, uh, but what our elected officials are entitled to after they leave office. Municipal Politicians, new study from the Canadian Taxpayers Federation looking at Calgary versus Edmonton. What are the differences? What are the similarities? What are taxpayers paying for? We'll give you those answers in a few minutes. Stay with us. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.